I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. What's the worst thing when you're watching an episode, you're really enjoying, and it gets to the climax, and then... Nope, it's just like that time in college when you thought it was going to be great, and it just ended bad. With that in mind, I'm Sean Ferrick for Who Culture, and here are eight Doctor Who episodes that were ruined by their endings. Number eight, Can You Hear Me? Now, this is one of season 12's better offerings on one of the good, good episodes of Jodie Whittaker's era as the Doctor. The Eternals have been kicking around for quite some time. Zelen and Rakaia are basically gods. I mean, they can do whatever they want, they can turn up in people's dreams, cause nightmares, they can even hop in and out of the TARDIS. Now, the problem then with that is that they're so powerful, is how on earth are you going to beat these guys back? And the problem then is they had no idea how to do it. So you get to the end of the episode and these ultimate big badass, we are talking worst of the worst of the worst, gone. Both of them, 90 seconds, the doctor takes care of it. It just serves to do a disservice to the whole episode when the ending is basically just done in a whimper. I mean, where was their power? What kind of was the point of them. Number seven, the next Doctor. There is an awful lot of fun to be found in this Christmas special, guest starring David Morrissey as the eponymous next Doctor. Now we knew that David Tennant was going to hand up the keys to the TARDIS at this point, so when number 10 runs into not given a number yet, Doctor, we're like, oh, oh, this is clever. They've not done this before. Then it starts to get a bit like, oh, oh, hang on. Especially when the next Doctor refers to TARDIS as meaning tethered aerial release developed in style. There's a whole side plot of the Cybermen attacking Victorian London, which is actually kind of played a bit low key, which works for the episode. This is a character piece. This is about Jackson Lake and what he went through in losing his wife. It's really quite a ponderous episode as opposed to a big Cyberman invasion story. So then it turns into a big Cyberman invasion story. It gets nonsense. Cyberman, Jim Cyberman is stomping through London, but it's ridiculous. This thing is the size of a skyscraper, which in fairness, Victorian London wouldn't be aware of. And the doctor manages to take it down by shooting the vortex at it and sure, Okay, not a great ending to an otherwise solid Christmas special. Number six, closing time. Another story featuring Jim Cyberman here. No, actually, this is the sequel episode to James Corden's appearance in season five's The Lodger, this being season six's 
closing time. It's the penultimate episode of this bonkers season of Doctor Who. That had the silence, it had the almost people, we'll get to that. A good man goes to war. Personally, I think season six is really one of the better seasons of New Who. This episode, look, you can tell it meant well. The climax of the episode sees James Corden's Craig about to be converted into a Cyberman and he's able to stop the process because he hears his son crying. Yeah, that's right, the Cybermen are stopped by the power of love. And not just stopped, he manages to influx this into all of their heads, causing them to explode. Right. Basically, number two baddie in all of Doctor Who was stopped by love. Okie dokie. What a meagre way to end what was overall a fun, light episode. It just went a little too much into melodrama at the end. Number five, resolution. Now, this, again, actually a pretty good, solid overall episode. This was the first of, say, the new era of festive specials as opposed to Christmas special because this appeared on New Year's Day. And it features a fairly badass Dalek. He's whipping around. He takes on a little small army of people and basically smooshes them. It kind of makes the Dalek scary again. This Dalek itself is kind of, not to be as indestructible, but certainly like the Terminator of Daleks. This thing was almost able to single-handedly take down Earth. Bit different from that lone Dalek from the first season of Russell T Davies. I might die on that hill alone. Now, the ending of this one features this ultimate, unstoppable T-800 version of the Dalek being stopped by some microwave pieces being slapped on its shell. I mean, lads, are you even trying? Similar to the earlier one on this list, Can You Hear Me? We made it too powerful. How do we end this? And then there's a silly joke about Wi-Fi as well. Look, I love a silly joke as much as the next bloke, but it just made sure the ending, it, the episode was going, yes, yes, yes. <sighs> Number four, the almost people. I actually happen to love this two-parter, the rebel flesh and the almost people. It is incredibly creepy and it's a really, really effective story for making you question what is humanity? What does it mean to be real? Who gets to live? Who gets to die? And who are the good guys and who are the bad guys? These gangers, they're made from this flesh. They're effectively clones of the humans controlling them. Now they control them psychically, like a marionette almost, so that they can do the rough work so the humans don't have to, so the humans are safe. And it's so interesting. It's so deeply philosophical. And also, for the majority of the episode, there isn't a big bad that the Doctor has to fight, you know, like a big giant Cyberman, until that last stretch in the corridor. That CGI monster, sure, creepy design, unfortunately poor execution. It just comes across as rushed, slapdash, and unfortunately it robs some of the tension from the end of the episode there. Which again, I cannot praise this two-parter enough only for that moment. And in fact, the scene after that is quite strong as well. That twist ending, I did not see that one coming. Not gonna lie. Number three, The Last of the Time Lords. I think I might catch heat for this one. Utopia, The Sound of Drums and The Last of the Time Lords is probably my favorite 
of the Russell T Davies, you know, season enders. Army of Ghosts and Doomsday, very, very strong. Really, really enjoyed it. Bad Wolf Parting of the Ways, fantastic. And everything leading up to Journey's End was, yeah, that was, that was a lot. But season three's ending, there was emotion and it was, it was raw in some scenes. It's the psychic regeneration ending that puts it on this list here. Martha spends a year walking around the earth telling people about the Doctor. This is actually all part of the Doctor's plan to use the network, the Archangel network that the Master has surrounded the earth in. He is able to link into all of the human beings psychically and is able to reverse what the Master did to him. The Master basically took away his regenerations and he aged to the point of, he was a little, little, little egg in a suit. And then, he kind of goes space Jesus and kind of comes back from from that. And the music is incredible. The direction is very, very amazing. And David Tennant sells it. It's just that resolution. It, again, there was a whack of, we don't know how to end this, do we? Number two, The Power of Three. This episode is very important for several reasons. It reintroduces Kate Stewart. She had actually been introduced much earlier on in one of the home vids. Unit comes back because suddenly billions of little black cubes have arrived all over the earth and they do nothing, absolutely nothing. They just sit there. And you would think that that could end up as a really boring episode, but actually it's brilliant. We get Brian, Rory's dad, who is fantastic and should be in everything. All he does is he sets up the cube vigil where he just watches day after day after day. He doesn't do anything. The fun of the episode, of course, is the Doctor experiencing time the way the rest of us do. And he is so bored. I mean, he mows the garden, plays football, paints a fence, comes back in, it's been 45 minutes, and he's just like, I'm, no, I'm out of here. Goes off and goes on some adventures. Poor old Amy and Rory having to go through it the slow way. And that was the point of the episode, was to give us time with Amy and Rory before together or not at all. The ending of the episode, that's the problem. Now, apparently there were behind the scenes issues that actually led to this one with guest actor Stephen Burkov, who is a giant in the world of theater, but apparently is quite a challenging person to work with, allegedly. But that results in the person who's responsible for all the black cubes turning up and kind of doing nothing and then leaving. And then the doctor waves the sonic screwdriver and it's done and that's it. And seriously? because so much of the plot hinged on the MacGuffin that was the cube, for it to turn out to be basically nothing, what was the point? Number one, Love and Monsters. One day, we'll do a list where Love and Monsters doesn't turn up for some negative reason. Honestly, we'll find a way. Music, it's got very good music, and you can't go wrong with a bit of ELO. All right, so let's, let's put a pin in that one, and when we're doing a good music episode, Love and Monsters. The actual episode is pretty dreadful. There's some really good moments in it. Elton is a really compelling character. His story is properly tragic. Like, it's, it's very, very sad. The Linda group are really engaging. They show you how to work through your grief as part of a group. Quite lovely. Peter Kay, look, through no fault to the man, he was told to play a bugger because that's what he is. At the end, he turns up in a fat suit and he's got some faces stuck all over him and he's got some hair and he's got an auto-tuned voice and it's just dreadful, and even the doctor doesn't seem to care. And then there's a weird, weird joke about doing things at a paving slab and... No. Russell. No. 
ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.